the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, ready for God's word? Say in the name of Jesus. I am ready to receive from you. My heart is open. My mind is ready. My spirit is hungry. Feed me by your word. Feed me for transformation. Feed me to equip me to be all and to do all you have me do. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, Spirit of God, thank you that grace is on my lips to communicate your word in simplicity and with understanding. Thank you, Lord, that healings will follow the teaching of your word. Deliverance will follow the teaching of your word. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Spirit of God, that above all, we are edified and equipped for fruitful and impactful Christian living. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. amen. All right, come with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 1 to 8. He says, this letter, somebody say this is a letter. So the Bible said this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people. Somebody say, I am God's holy person. person. Uh, You should say it with a swag. I am God's holy person. person. You you, you, You are God's holy person. I am God's holy person. He said to God's holy people. In Philippi, who belong to Christ? It's not everybody in Philippi who is God's holy person. And it's not everybody in Philippi who belong to Christ. But if you belong to Christ, then you are God's holy person. Say, I am God's holy person. Because I belong to Christ. But he says, they are in Philippi, including the church leaders and deacons. So leaders and pastors, hear me. We are going to read a letter. And the letter addresses everybody. Amen. Now go to verse number two. He says, May God, our Father, look at it, our Father. Somebody say, our Father. Our Father. I mean, this is, this is beautiful. Our Father. And Paul in this letter uses our and then mine. At some point he said, my God. Then other times he says, our Father. Our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. You want grace and peace? You can only find it in one place and one place only. It comes from God the Father and Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Then he says in verse 3, he said, Every time I think of you, beautiful. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. You see? So he goes from our Father to my God. I Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Now go to verse 4. Why am I thanking God? Whenever I pray, I make requests for all of you with joy. I pray that you'll be that kind of believer. He says, I make requests with joy for you have been. He gives us a reason why he's happy praying for them. He gives us a reason why he's thankful to God for them. And he tells us one of them is that they have been partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And we are going to see the time they first heard it. From the first time they heard it until now, they were partners. They became partners. You know, a lot of people are great at starting stuff, but they are not able to continue and sustain it. And continuing in a project is very, very difficult. Starting is great, and it can be challenging to start. But when you start, you even need greater strength and stamina to continue. So the Bible said, they who continue to the end, he says, do not be weary in well-doing. In due season, you shall, if you faint not. Along the line, weariness will set in. But this year, there will be no weariness. Yeah. 
there would be no weariness in your spiritual life. In your prayer life, no weariness. In your fellowship, coming to church, no weariness. Giving, no weariness. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout, I shall not be weary. In doing good, I shall not be weary. In praying, I shall not be weary. In evangelism, I shall not be weary. In serving the Lord. So he says, the, the first day you heard it, you've continued until now. I am certain that he who began, God, who began the good work within you, oh, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. You are worried about how we have started, but how are we going to make it? How are we going to end it? How am I going to end this relationship? How am I going to end this marriage? How am I going to how is it going to end? How is my Christian life going to end? How is my business going to end? I have one good news for you this morning. He who has begun a good work, he who has begun a good work, he who has begun a good work. He started that marriage, he will finish it. He started that career, he will finish it. He started that business, he will finish it. Can I have a believing amen here? God will finish every project he's begun in your life. No project shall be abandoned this year. In the mighty name of Jesus, say, I am a finisher. Because God is at work in me. Okay, so that is key. That God who began the work will finish it. So he says, so it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. And as we go into the letter, we will see why this church had a special place in his heart. If you are a church member, there is a way you can behave yourself in a church. You have a special place in your pastor's heart. Praise the Lord. If you are a Christian, there's a way you can relate with God. You have a special place in the heart of God. You remember God testified about a man like that in the Bible? He says, there are men who come after me. They, when they come to me, they come after things from me. But there's one man, when he comes to me, he comes after my heart. His name is David. A man after my own heart. The others come, they want healing, they want a breakthrough, they want a husband. They just receive it from my hand and go. But there's one who knows how to be in my heart. Praise the Lord. And this man, never, I never saw any time where he was praying that Lord give me something. But one day, he messed up. And God was not happy. And when God was not even happy with him, he made a statement that was so profound. He said, David, you know what? Because you have been after my heart, see, I picked you up from being a shepherd boy, following after ewes and uh, lambs. And I brought you to shepherd my people. And I have made your name great, like the names of great people on the earth. That is just being after God's heart. Just being a person after God's heart. He said, I've made your name great as one of the great people on the earth. And I've given you wives, because David wanted wives. I just want a wife. <laughs> one is headache enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. One is headache enough to, to multiply. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be easy at all. Paul said that those who marry, they will have trouble. Marriage is not just a uh, joy, joy. Hey, Valentine, I wish I had a beloved. It's not just like that, too. <laughs> when you are in that this beloved face, you can be doing that. But when you marry, uh, my husband, this Valentine, didn't do anything. We are married. There are things we are doing every day before Valentine. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So you can't let, let everything be concentrated. It doesn't give an excuse for men not to treat special days. Yeah. I'm not complicating somebody. Yeah. Men, we don't like to pay attention to special days. Yeah. Women, special days matter. You can buy chinchinga every day, but if you buy it on Valentine's Day, that one is registered. The other ones are forgotten. Special day. Special day. Are you here with me? Now, so, Paul says, I was talking about how uh, the man, uh, David, became that special to God. And God says, you know, I've given you wives and all of those things that you could have. Then he told him something. He said, of all the things I've given you, even if you wanted more, I would have given you more 
and much more than what I've given you if you wanted more. And you know, this was the time he had gone for Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. He just because he had too many, too many wives, too many concubines. And God said, if you wanted even more of that, I God would have given you. Don't ask for more. I've already told you that it comes with Wahala. But and so God says, I could have given you such more and such and such. So why did you do this? That was God's concern. But you see, in trying to bring his attention to what was important, we also see something very, very important. That when we set our heart on things that matter, on God, Matthew 6.33 becomes a chief possibility in our lives. Because he told him that if you wanted more, because you have been after my heart, I have done all of this for you and would have done more if you even made me aware that you wanted. Why did you do this? All right. So this year, have a special place in the heart of God. I don't know whose heart you want to have a special place. That guy who uses uh, uh, that Sonata 2 point something. You want a special place in his heart. That's the wrong heart to be special in. There's one place you must seek to have a special place. And that is the heart of God Almighty. May you have a special place in God's heart. May you be hidden in a special place in God's heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. That was, he said, you have a special place. But this was uh, in the context of Paul. Paul said, this church has a special place in my heart. If you are a church worker, you are a pastor, you are a leader, you are a member, may you conduct yourself in such a way that you have a special place in the heart of your pastor. Amen. Say an amen. amen. Say an amen. amen. Yeah, there are some people, when I think about them, I am happy, I'm excited. There are some people, when I think about them or their, their name drops in my head, I am concerned. I feel concerned. I feel burdened concerning their lives, concerning their future, concerning how they are conducting their spiritual life. Because that's what it, this is really about. And sometimes some of them are doing fine in every area. But I'm concerned. How are you doing spiritually? He said, you have a special place in my heart. You have, you share with me special favor of God. You share with me fellowship. They shared fellowship in favor, in grace. Whatever Paul had, they had a share in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what he's telling them. You have a share with me in God's favor. Everything good I have. That's why you could tell them, my God will supply all your needs. There was a, a connection. There's a certain connection between you and your pastor that establishes, sets you up that every good thing in his life begins to reflect in your life. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the Bible. See there. Then he says, both in, in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the gospel. Not only do you share with me in the gospel, but you share with me when difficult times come. In imprisonment, and we are going to be looking at this book is, is rich and is loaded. If you follow the way it's going to go, the whole year will be here. Amen? And you won't be tired. Praise the Lord. No, no, this is one of those books that when you go through, you will come to love the Bible. Now go to defending and confirming the good news. Now look at this. He said, verse 8, God knows how much I love you and long for you with tender compassion of Jesus Christ. God knows. That's, that's a very strong statement. He said, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you deeply. I love you. I love you. Because of your partnership, because of your engagement in the work of the gospel. He wasn't loving them because they are nice. Because they are beautiful. He wasn't loving them because he wanted to go to bed with one of the ladies or something. No. He loved them because they, were, they had fellowship in the gospel. Fellowship in the gospel. Fellowship in the gospel. Fellowship in the gospel. This is what we are talking about here. Praise the Lord. So, obviously, you, mean, you can't read this introduction and not see that this church is a special church. The introduction tells you that this is a unique church. Is a special church. Among all the churches that Paul pioneered, this church was unique. And he used them, he referred to them again and again in his writings. So we are looking at a series that is titled The Uncommon Church. Somebody said The Uncommon Church. And I said when we talk about Uncommon Church, we are not just talking about the building. We are talking about the individuals in the church. So Uncommon Church also means the Uncommon Christian. 
Are you an uncommon Christian or you are a regular Christian? Are you an ordinary Christian or you are a Christian with a difference? What kind of Christian are you? That is who we want to address or the kind of person we want you to become by the time this series is over. That you will become an uncommon Christian. That you will become, that this church, ELC, will become an uncommon church. A church that will have a special place in the heart of God. A church that will pursue the things that are of eternal relevance to God. Can somebody give me an amen? Amen. Alright, so last week when we began the series, we started by looking at the birth of the uncommon church. Somebody say the birth of the uncommon church. Okay, so how did this church start and rise up to become an uncommon church? We started exploring that and we started doing that from the book of Acts, chapter 6, 16, and we'll get back there. So, in looking at it, we said that first, there was a city called Philippi. Somebody say a city called Philippi. City called Philippi. Let's, let's, let's start, let's look at uh, Acts 16 for a moment. Acts 16, verse uh, 11 onwards, yes. And we can do the New Living Translation also. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help today. Speak in the language of the Spirit for a moment. La gradosa brade vacanda galose prende vele gezo brade valiza. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and speak in the language of the Spirit. La gradoko shanda vali gazava. Frende vele 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 vezia. Brando collegeleze brende velota sa valia lose. Angele bosardi brahando seve. Glory, 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 glory. All right. At 16, at 16, verse 11 to 12. He says, We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Somatrix. The next day, we landed at Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi. Somebody say, We reached Philippi. A major city of that district of Macedonia, a Roman and a Roman colony. Somebody say a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, now follow. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we had taught people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia. Somebody say Lydia. Lydia. And next week, don't miss it because I'll be talking about Lydia. One of them was Lydia from Titeria. A merchant of expensive purple who worshiped God as she listened to us. The Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with other members of her household and she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Wow. That reminds me like another woman in the Bible, the Shunammite woman. Come live in my house. Come live in our house. And the woman pressed until Elijah complied. She urged us. It's not, it's not that we are pleading apologetically. Want to do a sale in your house. Please, will you agree? I have to talk to my husband. I have to talk to this. And you've talked to everybody. And we are never hearing from you. Not that kind of thing. He says, come. I can't wait for you to come. All right? So he says here, she urged us to come. We boarded and we came to Troas. So last week we touched on the city. Somebody said the city of Philippi. That's the first thing we touched on. And then we talked about the cornerstone. Somebody said the cornerstone. Yeah, if you are going to build a church, the cornerstone must be Christ. The cornerstone must be the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, no church can function. Without the Holy Spirit, no believer can live up to the standards of God. The Spirit of God enables you to live a life that is above the law. One of God's greatest, in fact, God's problem with the, uh, the children of Israel was the fact that the laws that they and God agreed or Moses received from God because it was they actually told God that they, want, they don't want to deal with him. The, so his presence is so intimidating, they don't want any direct contact. So they want Moses to go to the burning bush and let him be burned by the fire and come back and then the smoke around God, they will smell it. That's the agreement they decided to enter with God. So Moses went, and when Moses went, he was also so frustrated by the attitude. He said, Lord, I don't know how to deal with these people again. I want you to give me loss that I will give them heavy loss 
So Moses put the laws together and brought, that's what they call the law of Moses. <laughs> Moses brought the laws to them. And every one of the laws that God gave them, they broke it. Before they received the law, they had broken all of it. Yeah, as soon as they, before they got to Canaan, they had broken all the law. Before they got to Canaan, they had made an idol. You shall have no other God before me. While Moses was on the top mountain receiving the law, before the law came, they had broken it. <laughs> so, so when God realized that man could not help himself, God decided to become man so he can help man. You didn't understand what I said. Man couldn't help himself. God chose, let me be man so I can understand his weaknesses. Then I can help man. That's why Jesus came. And that's the essence of the message of the gospel. I hear with me. So the cornerstone is the Holy Spirit. Somebody said the cornerstone is the Holy Spirit. How can I love my wife? The Holy Spirit. How can I be a spiritual Christian? The Holy Spirit. How can I become... Be, how can I be bold in witnessing to the gospel, the Holy Spirit? How can I become a Christian who walks in the supernatural signs and wonders, miracles following my life? The Holy Spirit. You need that fellowship. You need that understanding. You need that acquaintance with the Holy Spirit. Are you here with me? That is it. He guided them to Philippi. They started the he started the church in Philippi. He opened the heart of Lydia to accept the gospel. The Holy Spirit manifested his gift through Paul. To cast out devil out of a slave girl. And that's how the church actually came into existence. Every aspect of the church is birth. The Holy Spirit had a vital role to play. And if you are going to build and plant churches across the world, we need to personally know the Holy Spirit. We need to know how to engage him. We engage him in worship. We engage him in prayer. Are you here with me? So learn to be a worshiper. This year, one of the things you want to learn to do is to learn to be a worshiper. How do you learn? When you come to church, as we are doing it corporately, you are learning. Anybody who cannot really worship God when they, he comes into an assembly of believers or he's among a corporate of a, a group of believers is not likely to be able to do so personally. Because the things we do corporately are supposed to be our unique personal experiences. Are you here with me? So learn to worship. Come to church, we say lift up our hands. You can't be worshiping and your hands are down. You can't be worshiping and you are on your phone. Focus. It's key. Are you here with me? So the Holy Spirit. Number two, we said channels. Somebody say channels. How can God get his church established? How can the work of God be done? The work of God is always done through men. Somebody say the work of God, work of God is done, is done through, men. through men. St. Augustine said that without God, we cannot. And without us, God will not. Very important. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. So, there's a partnership. We are called laborers together with God. Somebody say, I'm a laborer with God. And let me tell you, if you want to get the best out of your Christian experience, you must understand this law of partnership. If you don't learn to understand that God works in you, and you also do something, you will never be an effective Christian. Sometimes people get the message of grace twisted, and they say all kinds of things. You see, the... They speak negatively against the message of grace. Listen, you see, if something is out of balance, the cure is not to push it in a negative way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Something that is the nature of God cannot be wrong. Grace is God. Grace is God's personality. Just as we say, love is God. It can be wrong. So if it is not being taught well, that's what we address. But we don't throw the, the baby with the uh, bathwater away. Are you here with me? So, there is that understanding. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Then in another breath, he said, I labored more abundantly than they, yet, or, yet not I, but the grace of God. So, you see him. He understood that. We are laborers together with God. In the book of Philippians, he said, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is not God who do and wills. It is you. God works in you. So you will will and then you will do. So if you are not willing to do anything, <laughs> there's, when God is providing the willingness, the willingness will be abused. God works in you. The spirit of God living in you works in you. He gives you positive desires. Desires for holy things. Desires for prayer. But if you have a desire for prayer and then you decide, 
I will sleep. There is no way you can become a spiritual person. Are you here with me? Very, very important. So, that's key. The channel God used. God will always use us. God works with us. He said, the God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we, not God, we, his servants, will arise and build. He will prosper us. This year, get ready. God will prosper you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You see, listen. This year, ladies are going to prosper in the church. Amen. Women, get ready. Divine ideas are coming your way. I'll be speaking to the destiny of great women who are sitting on their potential. Because we need a lot of leaders. I mean, one of the things the Spirit of God was putting in my heart through this year while I've been waiting on him in fasting and prayer is leaders. To pray for leaders. More leaders to arise in our churches. Assignment in our hands can only advance and be fulfilled when we have more leaders. And I pray that you become a leader. I pray you become a leader. Amen. And if you're a man, become a leader. Amen. <laughs> a leader. A leader. We have Lydia and a leader from my own queen. All right. Say, I'm a channel this year for God to use. My life, my resources, my time, my energy, I avail for God to use. And mind you, when God uses you, he blesses you for it. There are some people, they will use you and dump you. May God deliver you from evil men like that. That's why, Valentine, you have to be careful. Young ladies, be careful. Be my Valentine, be my Valentine. By the time you realize, he has gone to the Holy of Holies. And when he goes there, he has finished. Nobody will enter there this time. Say amen. amen. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor, trust you. That's why he's telling you the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen. Uh, some visits and places, sometimes it's, it's better you don't go. Yeah. Satan is working every day, but some days he's very active. <laughs> working every day, but some days he's very, very active. He will not find you. <laughs> The Bible said, neither give place to the devil. That's your name and say, Satan is not powerful. He gets power over you. When you give him a place in your life. Say this year, Satan, you have no place in my life. This month, Satan, you have no place in my life. This February 14th, Satan, I have no place in my life. You are blessed. Alright? Now, let's look at today's focus. So, we looked at the city. We looked at the cornerstone. We looked at the channels. And then, we're looking at the church. Somebody say the church. So, how did the church come to be? How did the church get started? How did the church of Philippi, this exceptional church, this unique church, how did it get started? Let's look at it. Sometimes when we, we see something great, we admire it, don't we? All of us, we like to identify with something that is great. You see a nice car, you like it. You see a nice family, you like them. See a nice church, you like them. But if you were told two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, the same car you like, the same marriage you had married. If you had seen estate five years ago, maybe you would have, you would have been thinking something different. Many times, God gives us opportunities we despise because we don't have the eyes of revelation to see. A church is about to start, and this church has a destiny of imparting the whole world. This church is going to spearhead the spread of the gospel into nations that are yet to be born. Because at this time, when this church was being born, Ghana didn't exist. In fact, a lot of African nations, by their names as they are now, as people groups, they existed. But uh, by their names as they are represented now, were not in existence by the time. And God is about starting something that would have eternal impact, lasting and timeless impact. You know where God chooses to start it? By a riverside. Somebody say a riverside. A riverside. A 
riverside a riverside modern day times when churches are starting they start from before covid churches could start in schools uh-huh we we started from nudges all right in kuforudia we were in the south kodia la right one of them la ma one of them that's where so it was in school from Sarkodia, LA, we went to Gateko. And then from Gateko, we here, we came to Najis. And we're in Najis until this time. Some churches start in the living room of some of the, of the leader. Churches start from different, different places. Are you here with me? Yeah, but this church that is going to be so unique, so impactful, this church that we said all these beautiful things about. You know where it started? By the riverside. Let's look at it. By the riverside, by the riverside, by the riverside. Something great is happening in your life. Amen. You will not miss it. Amen. Sometimes a great husband will come to you, speak to you. And when he comes to you, at the time he's speaking to you, his grammar is not good. And at that time, you are a graduate. At that time, on Tebro, on Tebro, on Tebro. But you see, Cecilia on Tebro, 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 yeah, that, that may be God's idea. Because you see, most of the time, we always want the best. But sometimes the best does not come to us in that best state. It comes and then God through us will bring the best in the thing. I pray that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. As some people, you said no to them. Maybe you should consider, as I'm talking and the Holy Spirit is talking to you now, to go back and do the proper thing. It may save you many years to come. I'm not communicating here. Yeah. Because great things sometimes start come to people and they can't see it. Can't see it. They can't see it. Look at where the church started. At 1612. From there we reached Philippi. This is, uh, yeah. We reached Philippi. From there, verse 12. Philippi. A major city of that district of Macedonia and a royal a Roman colony. Look at this. And we stayed there several days. Somebody say several days. Several days. It takes time. It takes consistency. It takes a lot of efforts to get a church started. It takes the same thing to get a business started. It takes time and effort. He said on the Sabbath, look at verse 13. On the Sabbath day, we went a little way outside the, the, the city to a river, a river where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. Women are powerful. May you become one of those powerful women. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Women through generations have been vilified. They've said all kinds of things about women. But you know what God thinks about women? He thinks women are great. Amen. I said, do you know what God thinks about women? God thinks women are great. Amen. Say, women are great. Women are great. Yeah. They are great. They are great. Women are not devil. Yeah. The same way you can have a devilish man. You can have a devilish woman. But women are not devils. Women are great. The women were there. Let's look at the, the New King James Version, verse 13. On the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customary, customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now, why at the riverside? This is where biblical scholarship and investigation becomes necessary. All right? It's not in the text. But what is in the text? is Acts chapter 17 verse 1 and 2. Let's look at Acts 17 1 and 2. And let's look at how Apostle Paul used to do his evangelistic work. When they passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. You remember the letter to Thessalonians? You remember that letter? Uh, it was to the church. Where they, there was a synagogue of the Jews. So in Thessalonica what was there? A synagogue of the Jews. Now verse 2. Verse 2, look at this. Then Paul as his... Oh, somebody read read with me. Look on the screen and read with me. As his... As did what? And for three Sabbath reason with them from the scriptures. When we say something is your custom, it means that's what you do. Your habit. What Paul used to do every time he went into a Gentile city to preach the gospel was to look for a synagogue. A synagogue was a meeting place. And he went there, and when he went there, he spoke to them and introduced his message to them. That's what he was doing. But when he came to Philippi, 
It's believed by Bible scholars that there was no synagogue there. Because the Jews met in the synagogue on the Sabbath and prayed. If you go to Israel now, that's a, still a practice. They met on the Sabbath and then that's where they had fellowship. But when they came to Philippa, there was nothing like that there. And so the women that were there and wanted to pray the Jewish uh, customary, uh, customary, customary prayer went by the riverside. And then Paul decided if I'm, I came here to establish a church, I came here to do God's work. And if it's by the riverside, I can meet people. Of the riverside, I go. So he went to the riverside and met them there and prayed with them. You see, it is obvious that the Jewish the population in Philippi was small because according to the Jewish people anywhere they have at least 10 married Jewish men it was enough a quorum of 10 men was enough to establish a synagogue and it means that at this time in Philippi probably the people there the number of Jews there were not more than 10 so they couldn't form a synagogue there so the women will meet and pray by the riverside Paul joins them there and he introduces Christ to them there. Look at verse number 14. He says, 14, verse 14, please. 14. One of whom was Lydia from Titeria, a merchant of expensive purple cloth, who worshiped God as she listened to us, the Lord opened and she accepted what Paul said. Saying, Can you imagine that? So Lydia gets born again. She receives the gospel and then she is saved. And then look at verse number four, 15. He said, She and her household were baptized. That means she and her household believed and they were baptized. What happened? And she asked us to be her guest. So Lydia says, Listen, uh, I don't know. How long have you been in the city? They say we've been here for about three days. Where are you? We are in hotels, so, so and so. Oh, really? Now? Now, now that we are born again, I have a very big, beautiful house. There are too many rooms there. Do you mind joining me in my home? The Bible says, if you agree that I'm a true believer, can you imagine? Can you see that something happens when a person gives his life to Christ? There's a change. Change. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. New creation. So if you find me a true believer, come to my house. Generosity. Liberality. Come to my house. As soon as you go born again. That's why I've been telling you that the more you grow in your work with God, the more of God's nature begins to manifest in you. If you have been a Christian for a long time and you are still like your old self or you are worse than your old self, something is fundamentally wrong. And it's not on the side of God, it's on your side. You need mental renewal. You need mental adjustment to come into that level. Come to my home. And the Bible says, she said, come and stay at my home. And she ate us until we agreed. So they were hesitant. Because, I mean, who, which, a bunch of guys, Dr. Luke, Apostle Paul, uh, Timothy, Silas, four guys. And if by this time he had gotten any other guy, these were the guys. And they, they should come and stay in your home. No husband is, we are told, is there. No boy is there. And it's just you and your household of women. We should come and stay there. Very soon they will say that Chale or Sophono or Yet Nema of you. So why should he come and stay there? The Bible said she etched them until they went. This year, may you edge to be used by God. Edge. Yeah. Elisha was passing. The Shunamite woman said, Come and stay here. Let's build a small place for him. Let's do that. And as they were doing that, they were doing it for their future. Am I communicating here? They were doing it for their future. They didn't know anything. Come. They went. So, from the riverside, so I, I imagine that the meeting that started from the riverside now moved into, into Lydia's house. You see the transitions churches can go through. So, we started from the school. We are here. Amen. Amen. And now, we are here and we are going here. Amen. <laughs> can you see? God is good. That is it. From one stage to another. So, Paul goes into prison. Check uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 40. Let me show you. This is where Paul is arrested, kept in prison, and he's released. When he's released, this was uh, this is how when Paul and Silas left prison, they returned to the home of where Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. It means that after the river point, they were meeting here. 
meeting here. They will go to the river and go and pray like we do sometimes at the Adunfie prayer visit. But we will still come back for fellowship. And that's what was going on. They did that for a long time. And then the church was established and Paul had to leave. Praise the Lord. It is very important that we appreciate small beginnings. Somebody say small beginnings. Yeah. The key lesson in this first point about the church is that we should not despise small beginnings. Somebody say, I should not despise small beginnings. Say, from this year, beginning from today, I make a quality decision to have respect for small beginnings. I will respect small people. I will respect everybody. The illiterate, the illiterate. The rich, the poor. I'm going to respect everyone. I respect big money. I respect small money. I make a quality decision to be a person who has value and regard for small things. May that be your testimony. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shout a better amen, please. So that's how the church got started. But church begins with converts. Somebody say church begins with converts. So who were the converts? There were two major converts we see in the book of Acts. The first one is Lydia and her household, which we just talked about. And then the second one is Acts of the 16, verse 25 to 39. Let's look at that quickly. Let's look at that quickly. The converts, the converts, the converts. Oh, Calibra dose. At around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners, other prisoners were listening. Now, what happened here? Paul had gone on the way. He went to preach. And then while he was preaching, I'll come back to talk about it. Let me just leave it. But he's been arrested, beaten, and put in prison. When he's kept in prison, something happens. The Bible says, at midnight, most people will become bitter and complain at midnight. Paul and Silas began to pray. You see, as for the prayer, when you are afflicted, it's easy to pray. But it's not easy to sing when you are afflicted. Praise the Lord. Do you know that? It's not easy to sing when you are afflicted. And it's interesting also that in the place, in the city where Apostle Paul was afflicted and he sank, was in the same place. He wrote a letter many years after to the church there. And he said, in everything, rejoice. No matter what is happening, rejoice in that same place. Listen, you cannot appreciate the letter just reading it without getting this history. Do you get what I'm talking about? Yeah, in the same place. Sometimes when a preacher is telling you something, I mean, some preachers are fake. They don't do what they practice. But this one was a practitioner. He was arrested. He was beaten. He was kept in jail. And while he was in jail, he sang praises unto God. Your case may not be that worse. If Apostle Paul could rejoice in jail and give thanks, you who is free and walking about, somebody may have taken your money, but you can still rejoice. A man may have said, told you that he's no longer interested, you can still rejoice. You may have lost something, but God is the reason why you have not lost everything. You can still rejoice. Can somebody say, I rejoice? I rejoice. Uh, like it when the Bible says in Habakkuk, he said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, the labor of the olive shall fade, the flock shall be cut off from the food, and there shall be no head in the star. Yet I will rejoice. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Amazingly, one, in fact, the major theme of the book of Philippians is joy. Joy, 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 joy. Somebody say, I've got joy. Oh, say it like you, you mean it. I've got joy. Say, I've got joy. Joy overflow in my heart. Oh, beautiful. I've got joy, 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 joy overflow in my heart. In my heart, I've got joy, 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 joy overflow. In my that was what was happening in the prison. They were in the prison, they were singing. Can you imagine? I've got joy. Who gets happy in prison? Holy Paul. Praise the Lord. And it tells you a lot about joy. Joy is a supernatural flow of a spirit. Joy in the, in the midst of terrible circumstances. 
And because of that, no, because Paul chose, he and his friend Silas chose to do the right thing in the midst of something very negative, in response to something very negative. Imagine somebody was saved. They chose to do the right thing. They have been arrested, beaten illegally. They have been molested and put in prison. They should have been complaining. Lord, let them die by fire. Let not their children. They didn't pray out those nonsense, foolish prayers. They were there just thanking God for the opportunity and the privilege to suffer for the gospel. And then, when they were dancing, God invaded the place because there's a way God comes into a place. Hi, I said there's a, there's a way God comes into a place. If you want God to come into your situation, there's a way to get his attention to come. You don't complain God into your marriage. You don't complain God into your finances. You don't, don't complain God into your church. But you praise God into your business. You praise God into your marriage. When things are not working, you begin to sing and dance and praise God. That's what they danced, they did, and God invaded the prison. And you know what? When God comes to a place, there's a shaking. When God comes to a place, there's what? A shaking. When God comes to a place, foundations will shake. I see foundations shaking for you. I see foundations shaking for you. Negative foundations are shaking. Negative relationships are being shaken. Negative decisions made are being shaken. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout, I believe I receive. There was a shaking in the prison. And not only were they freed, but every other prisoner was freed. Ooh. Every other prisoner. And when they got free, you know what they did? Every other prisoner left. And the people for whose sake the prison doors were open, refused to leave. Glory. Somebody say glory. glory. Beautiful. Every other person left except Paul and Salah. So the prisoner, because under Roman law, if you are under you are a Roman guard, and then prisoners abscond. You, you, you are dead already. So when the guy saw that they were gone, he pulled his listen. When he saw that the foundation had shaken, he didn't even look around to see who was there. He pulled the sword and was about to kill, uh, uh, do commit suicide. Paul saw him. He said, Shy, don't do that. We are here. We are here. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying that what, how we, what we did in order to be free, we know how to do it again. So there is no challenge. We are not running away because we are afraid we are losing something. We are here. Our God is able to deliver us. And he shall deliver us. That, that was Paul. He said, we are not waiting. We are here. We are here, so don't kill yourself. We are the reason why. We don't kill yourself. I don't know where you are. Maybe you are contemplating. It's not worth following up. It's not worth living. You think that it's not. The rejection is too much. The depression is too much. The disadvantage is too much. And you feel like giving up. And you want to kill yourself. Can I tell somebody this morning? Don't kill yourself. God is here. Somebody say, God is here. here. Don't kill yourself. Paul said, we are here. Don't kill yourself. We are saviors. Don't kill yourself. We are here. Don't give up on that marriage. We are here. Don't give up on that business. We are here. Don't kill yourself. There's still a way out. God is able to make reverse in the midst of a desert. There is a way out made for you. Shout, I am coming out. That's how. No, look, look, let's read a bit and let me, let me just round this up. Oh, it's getting sweet here. Ooh, look at verse number 20. Look at verse 27. Ah, yeah, yeah, Badoko say. 27, verse 27. And the keeper of the prison awake from New Living Translation. I was just reading from there. Woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Now look at verse number 28. You hear a voice of hope this week. Hope is coming to you. I said deliverance is coming to you now. As you are hearing me, hope is entering your life. Deliverance is yours. Safety is yours. Preservation is yours. In the name of Jesus. He says, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. We are all here. 
Now look at verse 29. The jailer called for light. If you are here, let me see your face. And ran to the dungeon and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Can you imagine? See how it changed. This was the man who put them in chains. Now he's bowing on his knees. The season will change for you. I said the season will change positively for you. The season is changing positively for you. Say, I speak and prophesy a favorable season. I declare by faith that this year is my year of favor. Grace is speaking for me. Things will favor me. Circumstances will favor me. People will favor me. In Jesus' name, shout a name and if you believe it, take your seat. That's what happened. He said, don't kill yourself. We are here. And then verse number 30. Verse 30. Let's go there. Then he brought them out and asked, says, what must I do to be saved? Now, if they had left, this one would not have been saved. If they had gone to the prison, complaining like the way some of us are complaining and cursing God and accusing God, this one would not have been saved. Now, listen. That's why in the book of Philippians, he tells us not to be so obsessed with ourselves. Because when you become obsessed with yourself, God cannot use you as a channel to bless other people. You are only thinking about your academics. I want to make it. You are not thinking about the salvation of other people. You are safe. Because you are safe and you feel safe, now you are thinking about only your academics. But other people who are not safe, and they are not safe, and they are going to hell, you as a person must decide, Lord, use me. In my class, use me to win the lost. In my career, use me to win people. In my lecture room, use me. I'm not complicating here. Those of you who are students, when I was in the university, I used to stand in front of my class every morning to preach. I was a class president. And so I used that one. In fact, I volunteered to be the class president at a time when nobody wanted because I wanted that privilege. And when I became I was a class president, first thing in the morning, we do devotion. We did it until the, the uh, Ananias and Tobias in the class got angry and they overthrew me. <laughs> See? They were doing it. You, you meet my classmates, they will tell you. Every morning we'll do it. Every morning. My class they used to call me Ojashos. Every morning we'll do it. Every morning we'll do it. Bring the mind of God to the class. Oh, me, I came to school to learn. Listen, you are small. You are a baby Christian. There are more things. The Bible says, eyes have not seen nor ear, neither have it entered. The things which God had prepared for those who love him. If you love God and you love souls, God has a way of coming through for you. God has a way of coming through for you. I remember when final year, my last exam, I trade one of them. And at that time, if you trade the paper, you have to sit back and write it one whole year. They had a council meeting, academic board meeting. Medical school, they don't take those decisions lightly. That after they finish, they pasted the thing, then exams board will meet again and they will revise it and they say, we are past you. They passed me. I didn't receive that paper. They passed me and I moved on. I'm not going to get here. Now, you cannot be concerned about the things of God and God will not be concerned about the things concerning you. Praise the Lord. At that time, I, in fact, when I finished school, I didn't do graduation because when I finished school, I was on my way to Nigeria for ministry. That was what was on my mind. So I could, and God knew that I need to get to Nigeria quickly. If I stay one year for this day to disturb his program. So Claire, go. I'm not communicating here. God will favor you. Amen. Students, as you avail yourself to become vessels God is using to win others, may God show you great favor. Yeah. Shout, I believe it. I receive it. I, I manifest it. I That's what happens. God came through for them immediately. Then these guys, this man gossiped. So ma three major salvations, right? Three of them are recorded vividly. The salvation of Lydia and her household. The salvation of the jailer and his household. Confirming uh, what uh, Joshua said, as for me and my house. Who serve the Lord. Anyone in your family who is not saved this year, as you speak to them, as you witness to them, as you invite them to church, may the Spirit of God arrest them. Amen. May no soul in your family not be saved. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Amen. may they feel unsafe until they are saved. Amen. 
may they come to you and say show us how to become born again how you can speak in tongues how we can be filled with the holy ghost how we can heal the sick i see people coming to you and asking you all of that in the mighty name of jesus shout a better amen shout a better amen how did this salvation come because paul went paul preached and then they believed paul went paul preached they believed and then they got saved and it's the same thing if people are going to be saved we have to go we have to preach and we have to trust the holy spirit that they will believe in the book of romans chapter 10 verse 13 we see the outline there are you here with me that's what happened so we've seen the church we've seen the converts let's look briefly at the challenges in just five minutes and i close challenges were there challenges if you are going to build a church for god if you are going to plant a church whether it's in ghana at bomso or in europe or in canada or in us will there be challenges yes there will be what are some of those challenges paul will tell us a bit about them amazing many many challenges but i like it when the bible says many are the afflictions of a righteous but the lord shall deliver him from them all are we guaranteed challenges as believers yes but are we guaranteed deliverance and safety yes am i communicating so must we be afraid of challenges no why because no in all these things did somebody hear what i said i said no in all these things somebody shout nay say nay in all these things say in all these things do your hand like this in all these things i don't know what those things are as you are doing this for many of us it means different things some of you it has to do with your finance your marriage your children in all these things you are more than a conqueror south are more than a conqueror i win on every side in jesus precious name for you yourself no first thessalonians 2 uh, 1 he said for you yourselves no brothers that our coming to you was not in what our coming to you was not what verse 2 let's read verse 2 he said but though we had suffered and been shamefully treated where where as you know we had boldness in our god to declare the gospel of god in the midst of much conflict oh may your commitment to god not waver in times of conflict in times of difficulty may your com commitment to god not waver in the mighty name of jesus yeah. you no know, sometimes when people see us do things for god they feel that we are at peace yeah. we are giving yeah. they feel the anchor for my child as well yeah he yeah. said you gave this particular seed then people look at you they look at your shoe i already will scan you don't know that we wear these things to cover things they don't know praise the lord no 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 we sometimes say we wear them to cover things yeah, if you see somebody who is wearing a long dress, don't just copy him. They may have a lot of scars on their... And they are covering it. Oh, this sister and the dress, they are long and nice, but maybe... No, 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 no. Check their legs and see there may be scars. Am I communicating here? We wear, we wear stuff. So don't look at somebody's dress and think that it's all well. Paul said, in the midst of much affliction, we were bored. We were bored. Listen, a Christian is never defeated. Yeah. A Christian must not be afraid of challenges. Yeah. I'm not communicating here. He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all. We were shamefully entreated, but we were bored in the midst of conflict. I prophesy and declare over your life. No matter what you are dealing with, may the strength and the grace of God help you through it. Amen. Be strong in the midst of the conflict. Amen. There's a conflict in your office. Be strong and overcome. Amen. There's a conflict in your marriage. Be strong and overcome. Amen. There's a conflict in your finances. Be strong and overcome. Amen. There's a conflict in your economies. Be strong and overcome. Amen. There's a conflict, a conflict, a conflict in the business terrain. Everything is hail. Everything is difficult. You are not sure. The CD, the dollar. Hey, you are overcoming in the name of Jesus. You are overcoming in the name of Jesus. You are coming out as more than conqueror. In the mighty name of Jesus, the gospel is advancing through your life. The gospel is advancing through your life. Souls are saved through your conflict. Lives are transformed through your conflict. 
in the midst of your challenges in your affliction in your difficulties lives are getting saved lives are getting transformed souls are changed in the name of jesus say nay in all these things are more than a conqueror if you want to accept jesus and make him your lord and savior you want to say this prayer after me mean every word and then believe it in your heart say lord jesus i confess that you are my lord and my savior i believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me by my belief i am justified and by my confession i am saved thank you for saving me in jesus precious name amen and amen if you pray that prayer in faith you are a new creation all things are passed away behold all things have become new god bless you we we'll look forward to having you join us again and again you are blessed Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.